0: This week's episode is brought to you by King Julian the 13th star of the Netflix original series, all hail King Julian from dreamworks animation. And welcome to CommuniCore Weekly, the greatest online show and home of the world's first pair of independently born identical twins. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. How you doing today, George? I don't know. We've had 10 days of heat here in North Carolina. I don't know that word you refer to. Man, it's been like 97, 98 degrees. I'm not even wearing a tie to work. What? Do you get like humidity too? Yeah, we do get humidity. I got a little dehumidifier in my office and we've got like... 10 or 12 of them in the library we you know dump the water on people i mean uh outside i so. don't
1: understand any of these terms you're saying any longer
0: <laughs>
1: to be quite honest i mean granted it was a little hot over the weekend it got to like a, a very warm 89 degrees but other than that i mean we don't have any humidity out here i i dare say
0: it's almost perfect well i mean i've been um in california at knott's berry farm when it was we were running from shade spot to shade spot fair enough and I had to go with your lovely fiancé to some kind of home store to look for fans.
1: That's true. I do remember well, we were also living at a place that didn't have no oh, that's true. You know, air yeah. circulation or anything. But that'll change when you come out again. I feel oh. like we're talking about the weather a lot. Hello. Welcome to CommuniCore Weather Weekly. <laughs> Please email us and let us know how the weather is in your hometown. And is we'll it report snowing, and listen snowing the where you are? Oh, if it's snowing, I apologize in advance. <laughs> Although some people might like it. That's true that's true well enough banter I think we meant our banter <laughs> quota for this episode folks should Why, we yes. start the rest of the show I'm just gonna assume you said yes let's go with it
0: stand, jump and, we took a trip, and this is
1: our dream.
0: It is kind of weird that it seems like I've been doing a lot more trip reports.
1: You've like, been doing a lot of trip reports compared to me lately, and I'm not sure yeah. how I feel about
0: this. I know. Well, I mean, you're at Disneyland. Well, you go for lunch. You go during your work breaks. Yeah, but I'm I not, mean, like, you know, having trip reports about that. Yeah. I went to the park again today and wrote something. Mm, womp womp. Womp womp. So, anyway, um, a couple months ago when we went to Dollywood and the Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge area, we went to the Ripley's Aquarium, and one of the special things that we actually... Uh, paid for was the pet a penguin experience and it was awesome how so, many penguins did you get the pet just one just one just one and they don't feel like rubber okay fair enough surprising so good to know um, I got a media invite to visit the Duke Lemur Center you know at Duke University in Durham North Carolina to celebrate the birth of two twin girl babies of oh, duh ring tail lemurs And they've sort of been sponsored by, unofficially, well, I guess officially, the All Hail King Julian Netflix original series, you know, from Madagascar, DreamWorks, that sort of thing. So I thought, oh, a chance to go see really cute baby lemurs. I'm up for it. That sounds like fun. And hey, it was free i was very excited about that free <laughs> um, is always good free <laughs> lemurs count me in three lemurs yay i'll take two um <laughs> but so the, a little bit about the the duke lemur center it is it is the world's largest lemur center or area that's got lemurs basically outside of madagascar basically so that's got the boy i, I had a really smart way of saying this and now it just like went out the window um <laughs> There, this is this is one place in the world that has more lemurs than anyone except for the actual country of Madagascar or the island itself. And lemurs are the most endangered mammal at this point in time. I did not know that. Uh, we didn't know that either. The we didn't know more either. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Great. You're going to have that graphic go over nope, the top of the heads? too lazy. Why do we hear that a lot? I don't know. Okay. Probably because it's true. Okay. so <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, A little bit about the Duke Lemur Center before we get into the really cute baby lemurs. It is also the only university-based, reading a few notes here, university-based facility dedicated to the preservation and study of prosimian primates. And I did not know that word before. They have over 200 lemurs that represent over 17 different species, and they have over 80 acres of preserved forests, which is kind of neat. And uh, 100 researchers per year study the lemurs at the center and at their center in Madagascar as well. So it's pretty cool. And you can visit the uh, Duke Lemur Center and pay for a small tour, pay for some pretty exciting tours. Like you could be a zookeeper for a day and get really close to them. And you can adopt a lemur. And they're so cute. You Wait, need to. so, so <laughs> Adopt like take it home or? No, no, we tried. Oh, okay. We got in a lot of trouble. No, but but you can adopt a lemur, which helps provide for the food and care of the lemur as okay. well. Okay. And so so what we did, basically, we were invited for uh, their palooza event, which is what they called it. And basically, you could bring as many people as you could pack into a vehicle, and they charged $50 per vehicle. And you could bring a picnic lunch and sit on the grass and enjoy. They had a, a DJ playing music. They had um, the Nosh food truck based out of Raleigh. They were providing barbecue sandwiches, so you would have loved it, Jeff. Big giant hamburgers and some vegetarian burgers and stuff like that, some hot dogs. Nice. And they were giving uh, tours. Normally, it's a per- it's a guided tour to the Lemur Center. Um, you pay $12 at a minimum, and a tour guide will take you around and answer questions to talk about it. But this was sort of like a free-range tour. So you basically paid to get in, and they let you walk around. Free-range lemurs, all right. Free-range lemurs. And they uh, – Gave you a scavenger hunt, gave you a list of lemurs that needed to be adopted, and they did not play that Sarah McLaughlin song. Oh, uh, that's because I list. would have yeah, I would have been in trouble. But the, the $50 that they charge also gave you an adoption for the year as well as admission to the event. So it was kind of nice. They sort of just set you up with that. Um, but the big event of the whole evening was welcoming the two princesses, as they were called. They were actually both called Princess Julian. Because King Julian from the Madagascar cartoon series proclaimed that it would be his heir. And not that he was disappointed when it was two twin lemurs, and they were females. He was still thrilled with it, is what he said anyway. And when we saw them, they were born on May 4th. And they were each about 49 to 58 kilo, uh, grams, not kilograms. That's slightly different. And, and they had about doubled their weight. But so they are about six weeks old. And they do call them Princess Julian I and princess julian too and when we saw them we got to go with inside the special enclosure still they were in this cage that we couldn't get near them but they were with their dad randy who was very protective um he sort of scented the cage in a few specific areas when we got near and the mother was named sophia and basically the two princesses just clung to their mommy's back the whole time and they were so cute and so adorable. We had two zookeepers with us named Chris and Stephanie, our handlers, that were able to answer all of our questions, talk about them, give us some inside information. And I was live periscoping the event or scoping the event. I'm not sure. What what the cool kids call it, Jeff? I'm just going to say periscoping. Just say periscoping. They don't like scope or anything like no. that? Scope okay. sounds okay. a little weird. Go with periscoping. Yeah, so, so I was periscoping it. And Chris, one of the keepers, actually took my phone into the enclosure and got some amazing close-up footage of all four of the lemurs and a lot of close-up photos of the two princesses. And it just absolutely positively broke my heart. They were so cute. That's adorable. So gorgeous. So tiny. And I do have to give a special shout-out to the Washington Duke Inn, which is like a golf and conference center located in Durham. Um They provide a lot of the linens for this, uh, not that the lemurs sleep on linens, but they provide linens to the Duke Lemur Center that then they use to take care of the pregnant lemurs and the baby lemurs, and they also use it for art projects. Well, that's kind of cool, actually. You, You can pick out four colors, and they will let the lemurs finger paint, and you can buy that piece of art. It is actually kind of cool, which is really, 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 really nice. But uh, they also provided a red carpet for the evening and two little beds for the princesses with matching monogram pillows. And the moment they put the beds in there, Randy came over and was like, I'm sending these things right now. <laughs> so I am sending them and they are mine. Be gone, everybody. Um, so we got, to, we got to spend about 45 minutes with the lemurs um, before the event started, which was awesome. And then they opened up and people poured in. I know they had well over 150 cars come to the event, so it was a good fundraiser for them. But they let you walk around and take a look at all the different parts of the um, facility as well. You can go in the nocturnal area. And then you can also see the diurnal, which just means <laughs> like day and night, like we're sort of diurnal, as well as look at the, um, the what they call the summer tour path, where you basically walk outside and they have got five or six very large enclosures there with some of the lemurs on display. But they also have about 100 more lemurs, give or take, that are just living in the forest. Just living in the forest. And when you pull in, there's a tall gate with an electric fence on the top. Interesting. Like Jurassic Park? Just like Jurassic Park. So...
1: Okay,
0: okay, I didn't know if you were going to make some. Okay. No, no, I was just singing (laughs) a (laughs) song. But I did ask the keepers, was there a... any chance of what happened in Jurassic Park or Jurassic World happening here? And Chris looked at me with all seriousness and said, "You know, it could, but we're a lot bigger than the lemurs." <laughs> <laughs> well done, Chris. I was Chris. like awesome. Well awesome, awesome, fantastic. He, did, you know, they did tell us you know the lemurs live for about 15 years in the wild, and they can live them. Uh, they can live in the lemur center. They can uh, reach the ripe wage age of about 30 to 35. Wow as well. So they really take good care of them. A lot of the natural predators aren't in the environment, of course, Um, and it was it was really a fantastic event. And even if you don't get to visit their annual lemur palooza for their adoption, if you're in the area and you want to spend some good quality time with some amazing animals, the Duke Lemur Center was very impressive. And they will have the two princesses for at least two or three years uh, before uh, they decide if they can breed or not or if they might be shipped off to another zoo or something across the country or across the world. So nice. it's pretty exciting. Nice. It was really, really exciting. So thanks to Chris and Stephanie and the Washington Duke Inn and Golf Conference Center and the Duke Lemur Center for inviting us. And oh, before we let you go for the trip report, I did put the Periscope video up on our Patreon page for subscribers. So you can actually see the full 12-minute video and you will die of cuteness. You really will. That's awesome. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So if you give a chance, go visit the Duke Lemur Center.
1: He's a, He's a nerd. He's a, geek. He's a geek. But we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. Ha!
0: It's George's Book of the Week. Okay, so this is episode 181. I'm not counting a few shows that we didn't do a Book of the Week, it means I've. Pretty much reviewed 175 books. That's a lot. Which is a lot of books. I don't think we've done any repeating except in a general sense, where like I may have done an overview of Disneyland books or Disney World books. We also do a lot of repeating in the things
1: we say, like "hello" and "welcome to Communicore Weekly." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's in the script, and if we accidentally scroll to the top of that's the doc, that's we true. We go
0: over the whole thing. So we also do uh, a lot
1: of repeating, like "hello." Oh wait, I just said that already. <laughs> right. Sorry. Go on. <laughs>
0: Anyway, the uh, I figured I'd go back over the next uh, whole bunch of episodes of In Between New Books and look at some older titles that are classic that everybody needs to. That way, you don't have to go back and listen to every episode. Go back and download them. You just don't have to listen to them. I got, I got an idea really quick before you go on. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Classic book of the week. All right, go. Okay, that anyway. was a new bumper. Wow, yeah, we're gonna save a lot of money on royalties to Andy and Steve with that one. Yep. Um, <laughs> so I'm going back to the very first book that we covered on episode number one of Communicore Weekly, which is the awesome book "Since the World Began: Walt Disney World: The First 25 Years" by Jeff Curdy. And it's been four years since we looked at this book. <laughs> <laughs> Not much has changed with the book, but I still think it's one of those essential books. And as I've said before a couple times on the on the on the show that a lot of people ask me questions, email me, they'll call us in the core weekly on ask the Facebook page. They want books on the construction of Walt Disney world or stuff about the history. And there's really not much about it. And since the world began looking of course at the first 25 years, so it basically covers 1971 to 1996 when I have to count on my fingers, um, is one of the great places to get that initial history of, Walt Disney World uh, it did coincide the release in 96 with the celebration of the 25th anniversary of Walt Disney World with that amazing Pepto-Bismol cake castle um, <laughs> it was kind of neat to see it once and then it was like okay I'm done uh, <laughs> but there's not really been a lot of real official Walt Disney World history books besides some of the souvenir guides but nothing that really talks about everything that happened up until 1996, like this book. So, a little bit about Mr. Jeff Kurdy. Uh, He is a very prolific author. He's written a lot about Disney. He's worked for the Walt Disney Family Museum, he's worked for Imagineering, he's worked for the Walt Disney Company, and he's done various production companies. If you watch a lot of the Blu-ray and the DVDs, you'll see specials that were produced by Curdy Pellegrini. He produced a lot of the DVD bonus content. Um, but he's also written some of the most awesome books, like The Art of Disneyland, The Art of Walt Disney World, Walt Disney Imagineering Legends, Disney Dossiers, about great music, movie musical trivia, and an introduction to Disney theater, and a couple other art of books as well. So he, Jeff Curdy knows his stuff. And this is one of my favorite books. I really do like this one. And there's there's a great quote from Curdy in the introduction that says, that's where this book begins. How did the Central Florida Swamp become the number one family destination in the world? Whose idea was it? Who built it? Why did they build it there? What were the events and who were the people that inspired its ideas, design, topography, attractions, landscaping, resorts, its very existence? What has this come to mean? What is it going to become? End quote. So basically, Curdy spends the rest of the book answering these questions as well as a lot more that you didn't even know you had um the book of course looks it's sort of in a semi-chronological order he divides the history in the book based on the major developments of the vacation kingdom you know like the magic kingdom then epcot center the the rest of the world future developments is even covered and you know we can do a check mark of what got built and what didn't uh he starts with you know a look at walt disney like you'd expect and his dream for the Florida project. And it really talks about the importance of the 64-65 New York World's Fair, which everybody knows how important that was because we've covered that. And, you know, he does this little thing where they uh, present these little side notes and that's sort of like where the fair is covered, some of the transportation, some of the resorts are covered. And it's just a great little call out section to give a little bit of extra information about the book you know it even talks about like the Reedy Creek Improvement District and some of the other things that you'll find there. And you know after Walt's passing in the book, Jeff Star Curdy, uh, not Jeff Heimbuck, but Jeff Curdy looks at the major players and how the resort came to be. And each section of the book, Curdy takes a detailed look at all the construction and the growth of the theme parks and they add he adds concept drawings, their paintings, There are some photographs of attractions never built and some that are gone and, you know, we wish they were here. And Curdy really does a great job of keeping that historical detail, adding anecdotes that will charm any Disney fan, basically of any level. And it's obvious that Curdy's very passionate about the Vacation Kingdom and all Disney parks. So uh, lots of full-color photographs, lots of great historical details with the book. And, you know, Since the World Began really offers the one singular look at the development of the three major theme parks. You know, more than a dozen hotels, all the ancillary services, all the behind the scenes secrets. And you're not gonna find any other book that really distills all this information in one place. Um, I've heard some complaints that it is a thin volume. I was gonna flip to the end. I was like, talk amongst yourself while I do this. It does come in at barely 190 pages. So that's not a lot when you're talking about all those square miles that they're covering all the theme parks but Jeff Curdy does a great job of distilling this first 25 years of the resort into a very moving and enveloping work you know he's talked to Imagineers he talked to people that worked on various projects we see how the project started how they grew and became fully realized attractions theme parks restaurants and everything And, you know, some of, of course, is going to be commonplace for a lot of Disney enthusiasts, but it's also good to look at this because it reminds us how it all started, just like Communicore Weekly.
1: Just like
0: Communicore Weekly. Just like us. I was wondering when the chapter on us was going to be until I realized this was a few years before we started, you know, just in case. Tough but fair. Um, Yes, tough but fair. Uh, I do think this is a great book that needs to be in every Disney fan's collection, especially if you love Disney World. It looks at a history that you won't find in a lot of other places. And it gives you a great starting off point for, you know, looking at the next 15 years that we've experienced since this book was written. And, you know, fingers crossed that they'll tap Jeff to Jeff Curdy or Jeff and George, either one of us, to write the 50th anniversary that's coming up in 2021. We need Boom. to work on that quickly. Let's start that petition now. I think we're done. so um, this week's book is Since the World Began. From 1996 by Jeff Curdy. Highly recommended. It. If it's a legend that you seek, come on and take a peek at the window of the week.
1: This week's window is located at the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World, and it reads Rainbow Paint Company, Polychromatics, Lonnie R. Lindley, Lindley World's Largest Collection of Color Samples. Now, Lonnie actually started his career at Disney by selling guidebooks at Disneyland. And by 1963, he was working in the parts warehouse assisting the maintenance department. And eventually, Lonnie met Walt while working on a painting project for the Plaza Inn. And when a painter couldn't get it right, Walt asked Lonnie to do it. And from there, Lonnie became known for having a keen eye for color. In 1970, he actually transferred to Florida and was soon overseeing all the paint operations at Walt Disney World. And after serving as superintendent for the Paint and Sign Shops, he moved to the Ride and Show Engineering in 1998, where he worked until he retired in 2007.
0: Sometimes you might see
1: it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. In a past episode of Kino Crow Weekly, uh, we've covered the old fashioned crank phones located all around the Disney theme parks. You know, the ones that you pick up and you hear the party line, and sometimes they yell at you because you're listening to a conversation that you shouldn't be listening to, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I
0: thought it was that cranks use them. Like yes, yeah, cranks use these.
1: That's what they're called crank phones, George. Oh. That's history. How do you even do you even history, bro? Gotcha. Anyway, yeah. So there is another phone like it in the magic shop. At Disneyland but it's a little bit different uh, when you pick it up you can actually hear Harry Houdini himself the master magician offering a thousand dollars to anyone who can prove he can breathe during one of his underwater escape acts now don't you know t- take this to heart you can't actually get the thousand dollars anymore because he's long since dead but oh okay so, I, was I know you're yeah. trying to you're like the wheels yeah. were turning I already heard it from yeah. over here Um, Hmm. This is actually an actual recording of Houdini, and it was donated by the David Copperfields International Museum and Library of the Conjuring Arts. So pick it up next time you're there and hear one of the greatest magicians of all time issuing this challenge and just be
0: amazed that it's his actual voice. That's kind of cool that Disney put that in there. So if you get to visit David Copperfields International Museum and Library of the Conjuring Arts, when you walk in as a reference librarian, you know, like hold his fingers up to his head or her head and go, hmm, you want this book. Huh, and that it's is right actually over here. And you know, they do like, they use ESPN to figure out what book you want before you yes. even ask them. ESPN, and George. That's
1: way to, way like to tie that. back to Disney.
0: Yeah, Using yeah. ESPN. Exactly. Because we get market share or something, don't we? Okay. Keep telling yourself that. Because of sports or something? Yeah, because sports. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> um, well, I was going to tie this very nicely into pulling a magic thing out of a hat to pick the year of a million or so limited time cadet surprise. Oh, way to mess week. that one up, Job. But hey, hey, no, it's you brought up the ESPN thing. No, you did. Yeah, but you didn't have to rebring it up. Oh, no, we do that according to the book show. That's book right. We're, re- we're reviewing or repeating things. We repeat our things fairly often. <laughs> okay. So in case you guys haven't listened to an episode before or usually stop it before this point, we do the year or so we've been doing the year of a million or so limited time cadets since January. So we got about six more months to go every week. We're giving away a fantastic prize to a usually one lucky cadet this week. We're giving away three prizes to three lucky cadets. We're very excited. You can enter the contest too, by emailing communicor weekly at gmail.com giving us your name, your postal address, so we can mail you your prize and we want your birthday because we're mailing out really cool birthday cards to everybody. And this week's prize, we've got these really cool King Julian shirts that we mentioned from the sponsor at the top of the show, from the DreamWorks Animation Netflix show, All Hail King Julian. We've got three t-shirts we're sending out, and our three lucky prize winners are Camille F. from Newburgh, Oregon, Brandy E. from Kingsport, Tennessee, and Tom H., from Sellersburg, Indiana. Hooray! Yay. We're very excited. You guys should get those T-shirts very soon in the mail, and take photos and send them to us. Wearing we the lots. T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or yeah, using the T-shirts to clean around your house. Yeah, whatever. Or something else,
1: I mean, whatever you want to do with the T-shirts. Right. Hey. It's your T-shirt now. We we're, we're not judging what you're gonna do with the T-shirt.
0: It's fine. That's fine. You we can, can wrap
1: them. your baby lemur up. I mean, no big deal. Oh,
0: There's so, baby lemurs are so cute. I kind of want one now. I'm not gonna lie. So adorable. So adorable. I'm not
1: lemur care weekly yeah, we well, could do lemur that care weekly actually Oh,
0: see lemur care weekly would be like the daycare that we set up that's true that would be or man we are
1: just spitballing all these great business ideas right we now are, you guys it's so good
0: I'm not sure if we're qualified to take care of baby lemurs I'm qualified
1: though. to take care of baby lemurs because I said so oh because of the facial hair Yep.
0: like you look like a daddy lemur
1: exactly and they're going to say no, that, that was like same thing lemur voice that was not a good lemur voice
0: <laughs> Not at all. They actually sort of chirp, which is neat.
1: Oh, interesting. Like birds? Yeah.
0: yeah, sort of like that. It sounds like a squeak, like a squeaky chirp. Weird. Wow, weird. So um, speaking of weird. We made and it squeaky chirps. The end of another episode of Communicore Weekly. And thank you guys so much for watching and listening to us. We
1: very much appreciate it. If you don't mind, (laughs) leave us a rating on iTunes, one of those famous nine-store ratings, if you don't mind. Or if you watch the video version of the show, leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Yes, lots of comments. Um, As we mentioned, email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com just to say, hey, sup, Corey. That was to say, you better say, sup, Corey. That's part of the contractual
1: (laughs) obligation. I know we have to. Also, you can like us on the Facebook at
0: facebook.com slash weekly and follow us on Twitter and Instagram and find out when we're periscoping exactly as we are both periscoping uh, I'm at Imagineerding he's at Jeff Heimbach, and of course give us a
1: call on the Communicore Weekly goat line at
0: 424-785-4628 yes and make sure you visit the CommuniStore store on our website which is communicoreweekly.com and get some awesome t-shirts and pick up your copy of Communicore Weekly, the musical.
1: And of course, if you want your official cadet membership card and some Communicore Weekly stickers and maybe a button, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Communicore Weekly, P.O. Box 432, Orange, California,
0: 92856. And as we mentioned in the trip report, I did upload a special video of the baby lemurs to our Patreon.com page. So just visit Patreon.com slash Weekly to see it. For Jeff Heimbach, I'm
1: George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for listening, guys and gals. We'll see you next time on CommuniCore Weekly, the greatest and most lemur-filled online show.
0: DuckToy.